Dan Dickow here for Gonzaga Nation SI on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network here for a little summer league recap in regards to all of the happenings, uh, but focused in on Gonzaga basketball, obviously. Uh, Portland Trailblazers won the summer league title. I don't know how important that is to have said you've won the summer league title, even though this year they made rings and gave rings and kind of had a quasi ring presentation to the champions of summer league. doesn't make a whole lot of sense because really what summer league is all about is individuals showcasing their ability to play at the next level. If they're not under a contract, whether it's for a professional team overseas, an NBA team, a G league team here in the States, or it's for an organization to really kind of focus in their efforts and um, development processes on their young guys that they have the rights to, whether they're just drafted, whether they're first or second year guys, or whether they're guys that they drafted a year or two ago, stashed in Europe, want to get a closer look at them. So uh, summer league is, is really not about into team wins and losses. It's about individual growth as well as organizational growth. And so with that, um, look at it from a Gonzaga perspective. Chet Holmgren, I thought was fantastic. And we'll touch on some of his uh, strengths and weaknesses and, and some of his statistics um, in a short bit. But I thought Joel Ayayi played very well. When, when I watched, um, he showed a comfort level on the floor. He showed a calming influence for the Atlanta Hawks summer team. He showed the ability to guard multiple positions. He showed the ability to play multiple positions offensively. Um, he's one of those guys where if you just watch him once, he might not stand out and you're like, I want that guy. But if you watch him in 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 a game's entirety uh, on a number of occasions, you're going to start gravitating towards, hey, he's tremendous on the glass. He's in the gaps defensively, although he's not a lockdown defender one on one. He's uh, the ball doesn't stop with him. It's it's not a, a sticky ball when it gets into his hands he quickly moves it and makes decisions not a great shooter but he's a good enough shooter to keep you honest um, but all in all when I watched I saw things that make me think he is going to have a, a legitimate shot at the NBA this year you know he played what 10 11 12 games a season ago uh, don't know have the numbers in front of me I know it wasn't a lot but he did get a few opportunities last year I do think um He's an NBA player that can carve out a three, four year career. Uh, I hate to say it. I don't think he's a 10 year guy, um, but uh, he is a very valuable player to any team that puts him on the roster because he can do so many things very well. Uh, Philip Petrushev, um, you know, he's left Gonzaga, played overseas, playing back with the Sixers in summer league. He's one of those guys that, uh, you know, because of the way the game is trended with low post scoring, similar to a Drew Timmy, but on a kind of a different angle, a different slant, his strength in, in back to the basket scoring, although he can step out and face it and shoot it from 17, 18. Uh, I still haven't seen him, you know, great in dribble handoff situations, which is a necessity for bigs in the NBA these days. Um, but, you know, when you look at his opportunities in regards to the Sixers roster, and, and he played okay in summer league, I didn't get a chance to see him as much as the other guys. Uh, but when you look at the Sixers, so much of a young free agent 
or a young second rounder that a team has their rights to like Petrushev with the Sixers, you have to look at how that roster is built and how that team has structured contracts, who's the bulk of the money is going to and what position the bulk of the money is going to and who may be ahead uh, of that player at your position. And I see an opportunity for Petrushev. Obviously, with James Harden, Joel Embiid, with the Sixers, um, so much money is tied up in those guys. Um, Tobias Harris, so much money is tied up in those guys that you're trying to find skill guys, roster spots on the cheap. And if Petrushev is is able and willing to kind of slide into one of those roster spots at a league minimum, maybe with uh, an option, a team option for the second year. Uh, I think you, you're looking at a real op- opportunity for Petrushev uh, to crack that roster um, because I do think he's skilled enough. He's got the size. I think he's a good enough athlete to play at the NBA level. But um, again, it's so much of, of making a team when you're kind of in that zone, I guess you could say, in your career uh, or level uh, skill-wise across the world is fit. It's all about fit. Um, because unless you're a, a true standout starter or a true standout star, it is all about fit. So, and then, you know, we talked about, um, you know, some of the other guys, Nemhart played really well in, in, in summer league, uh, with the Pacers. Uh, I don't see a situation where he should be sweating it out leading into training camp. Tyrese Halliburton is a great point guard. Obviously he's going to be one of the cornerstones that the Pacers build themselves around, um, but I, I see a great opportunity depending on what the Pacers do in the, the kind of the secondary free agent market that Nemhart may be that second point guard when training camp kicks off. And that would be tremendous opportunity for Nemhart. I'm pulling for him for that to be the case. Um, but anybody that follows the NBA closely or, or has experience and knowledge and knows how it works, you might look like that backup after summer league, but there are a lot of those secondary free agent pieces uh, that have yet to be determined uh, in free agency. So we'll see how that plans out. And then Chet, um, you know, he, he played himself, uh, he, he played well, um, showing himself definitely worthy of the number two pick. But really, I, I quickly wanted to kind of take a look at Chet and those top five picks and how they responded, how they played, how he stacks up. If you were to look at the NBA draft three weeks or so later, um, after all the summer leagues wrap up and and what the thoughts are. And to be honest with you, um, you know, if if you go back and look at it, I do agree that Paulo is the number one pick. Um, He showed uh, tremendous skill. He showed tremendous passion for the game. Uh, He showed tremendous IQ, uh, competitiveness, only played two games before Orlando essentially said enough's enough. We've seen it. Uh, we believe it. We're glad we picked you, uh, shut it down for summer league. And let's just focus on skill work leading into uh, training camp. So uh, I, I, if I were to reslot the draft today, uh, Paulo would be number one. Chet continues in my mind to stay number two. Um, and that's not a knock against Chet to be number two at all. I think he's in a better position with the Thunder than he would be with the the Magic. I think the Magic are going to look for Bancaro to score more than the the Thunder will look 
for Holmgren to score. And I think that's so important for both of those guys to have great starts to their careers, playing to their strengths, fitting in with a roster, making sure that where they're at fits each of them. Um, and I think Chet is in a spe spectacular place because such a young organization with Thunder, with all the draft picks that they've had over the last couple of years, how all the draft picks that they have coming up, that the, this group can kind of grow together. When you look at Chet's numbers over, over Summer League, nothing jumps out at you in, in regards to points per game or rebounds or blocks, et cetera. But when you look at everything across the board, he has an impact in every category of the game. And I think that's what makes one of the reasons that he's so unique and he's going to be so valuable. He's not going to be a 25 point per game scorer in my estimation. Could he do that? Maybe, but he brings all the intangibles on the court. I think that are going to impact winning in the long run in the NBA. Uh, he brings the defensive effort, the defensive int intensity. He brings the, the defensive versatility. He brings the ability to stretch the defense with his shooting. He brings the ability to make plays for others with his ball handling, his vision, his passing. Um, so I, I think, you know, you, you reslot it. He's the clear cut number two. Now, when you look at three, four, five, now you're having a few more questions. You know, Jabari Smith was a lot of people thought was the number one pick going in, ended up going to three to Houston. Uh, Keegan Murray went four to the Kings, although the Kings are not a great organization over the last 20 so years, longest drought of not making the playoffs of any team in the NBA. And then Jaden Ivey um, at five. If, if I were to reslot these and look at these again, um, I would take Keegan Murray at, at three. You know, he did outplay Chet Holmgren statistically uh, in their head to head matchup, although they didn't really match up mono and mono during summer league he, he beat him statistically um but the ball's in his hands to make more scoring plays than it is for chet who has a has a, has a combination of facilitating plays and scoring plays um but keegan murray would have been the number three pick he scored it off the bounce he scored it off catch and shoots he was creative he was versatile he was tough um he, sh I, he showed more verse versatility and athleticism than i remember when I watched him this year with Iowa. So I would have him slotted at the number three pick. Uh, I would have kept uh, Jabari Smith at three if he would have shot it a little better. I, I just don't think he did. He shot it very well, but I would slide Jabari Smith down to the fourth pick after everything that I saw defensively. He was better than I expected. Offensively, he kind of floats along the perimeter. Um, I, I don't, he's looking for shots, but he's not searching and hunting shots. He's got a good release. I don't think it's a great release. Uh, you know, so overall upside, I do think he's got tremendous promise, but uh, I, I really thought Keegan Murray played better in summer league than Jabari Smith. And then I think Jaden Ivey uh, was great at the fifth pick. I mean, I think Detroit got a steal because if he falls to you at five, that's a no brainer. You take him. Uh, he, he played really well in stretches at summer league. I thought at times he forced things, but he comes from that, John Morant, Russell Westbrook, Allen Iverson mode of, of always being in attack mode. And so I think there's going to be a learning curve for him and his game uh, of how to adjust to the NBA level. I think he's got the skill. He's got the athleticism. He's got the competitive spirit that he's going to be a really good pro. It's just going to take a little bit of time to harness it and learn it and figure it out how it fits into the NBA game. So all in all, some great stuff um, watching the NBA Summer League. If you're a Gonzaga fan, you had to have been excited for seeing Holmgren play well. 
Petrushev play well, Nemhart play very well, and then Ayayi gets some chances, uh, and I thought he made the most of them. So for Gonzaga Nation SI, I'm Dan Dickow. Thanks for checking us out on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network.